morning and thank you for joining me today. This is Dana from DAS Financial Aid Consulting Services and in today's podcast I wanted to go over um, awarding files that will be um, crossing over into the new award year. So the start date would be this time of year, um, your February classes, your March classes, your April classes, and those students would then be crossing over to the new award year beginning July 1st. And per the department's guidelines, you need to make sure that when you're qualifying loans for students that you are also applying estimated um, Pell Grant that could be received in the 20. 2020-2021 award year. So what that means is is that if you have a student um, that has a zero EFC on their 2019-2020 ICER and they're awarding Pell as well as the loans, which would be subloan would be 3500 unsub would be 2000 if it's a dependent student without a plus denial or 6000 as an independent student or a dependent student with a plus denial. Those loans have to be qualified. So your first Pell disbursement would be coming from the 2019-2020 award year and then the estimated would be coming from the 2020 2021 award year for the second disbursement to complete the first year award if this is a one-year program. So the award letter, you would probably be producing um, one award letter and that award letter, um, or two award letters I should say, because the first award letter is going to represent just the Pell Grant amount that the student would be receiving from the 2019-2020 award year. So for example, if we're using a zero EFC, that means that the student would get $3,097 for their first disbursement. So on the award letter, that's the amount that you would enter. And then on top of that, if you are a school that would be um, awarding SCOG, you would be putting the amount of the SCOG coming from the 2019-2020 award year on that award letter. On the second award letter, that is where the Pell Grant would combine the two figures with the 3097 and then we're just going to say a zero EFC on the 2020-2021. That second disbursement, because the Pell Grant is $6,345, Half of that would be $3,173. So the total Pell Grant should be $6,270 on the award letter for a student that would be starting a one-year program along with the loans in order to qualify those loans. If for some reason the student is not Pell Grant eligible, for the 2020-2021 board year because the EFC does not permit it or they will have a bachelor's degree as of July 1st of 2020, then the student will no longer be Pell Grant eligible and the first Pell Grant that will appear on the award letter will just be for the 2019-2020. 
whatever remains from that balance. If a student is going into a program that is shorter than one year, just make sure that that second disbursement is going to be crossing over or their grad date will cross over to July 1st. And if that is the case, if they're crossing over into the new award year, meaning that their graduation date is going to be beyond July 1st, then they will be able to be eligible to receive Pell Grant if the ICER dictates from the 2020-2021 award year for that second disbursement. If you have students that are starting in May, those students will be eligible to receive Pell Grant from the 2020-2021 award year, and some of them may be able to receive full Pell Grant. So what you need to do is, is just make sure that you're awarding the students and, and the students themselves need to be aware that they are eligible for the additional Pell Grant and that they will be um, receiving the, the most Pell Grant that they're eligible to receive because that's what it's all about. Um, helping students to receive the maximum amount of uh, aid that they are eligible to receive. So if you have a, a program for example, I'm just going to use a 600-hour program. Um, maybe it's an aesthetics program or a massage program. Uh, for 600 hours, if they're starting in May, they more than likely, their midpoint should be either prior to or after, depending on if they end up with a leave of absence. But if they have perfect attendance, it may, you know, to complete 300 hours, they should be able to receive the Pell Grant coming from the 2020-2021 award year. So just be careful that, again, that you're awarding the student the most amount of money that they're eligible to receive. Um, a lot of times with the award year and the crossover into the new award year, <coughs> students may um, be dependent on the 2019-2020 because of their age and they may not even qualify for a Pell Grant, but for the 2020-2021, they may be independent by age, and they may be eligible to receive a full Pell Grant, which means that that award year should be the award year that you're awarding from. Um, the other thing just to keep um, uh, in the back of your minds when you're awarding these files is is that you don't want to short a student Pell Grant money either. Now the students are eligible to receive 150% of the Pell Grant money for the award years. So that means that if they um, are awarded the first and second disbursements from the 2020-2021 award year, when it comes time for them to complete the second year, if you have a program that say is 1500 hours, then they would get a third of the, for the second disbursement, or the third disbursement, but they would get shorted on the fourth disbursement unless their graduation date, if they're going as a half-time student, crosses over into the 2021-2022 award year. 
So you're going to want to make sure that you are careful um, when you are awarding the students files just to make sure that they are getting all of the money that they're eligible to receive when you're awarding these crossover files. If you have any questions with regards to awarding, you can um, contact me directly at my email address, danderson at dasfinancialaidconsultingservices.com, and I'll be more than happy to answer your questions. One other thing I'd like to um, put out there is, is that um, we're putting the, final fi the finishing touches, I should say, on our virtual training academy and the first class will be offered on March 13th, that's a Friday, so Friday, March 13th at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be doing this via GoToMeeting. If you're interested in signing up, um, just pop me an email and I'll be more than happy to put you on the registration list and uh, put you on our constant contact list and send you the information in order to be able to sign up for that. Uh, training series. Um, it's $97 a month that offers you with um, a couple of training sessions as well as a Q&A and again that's done uh, we're doing this through GoToMeeting um, which is um, kind of nice because everybody can interact that are in the class together and you can feed off of one another um, in the Q&A ses sessions um, to be able to get your questions answered. And uh, we're hoping that everybody um, really enjoys um, this option for training rather than to have to go to a physical location. Um, so going forward, we'll be um, offering more training sessions, but this will be our kickoff. It's $97 a month, um, and you can cancel your subscription at any time. And again, um, I'd like to thank everyone who has um, participated in today's live podcast. Uh, we will be going over um, next uh, podcast. It's going to be with regards to how the um, sub-usage limit affects student files. Um, again, with crossover season, uh, you are running into this more and more um, with students that are transitioning from maybe one program to another. And um, I know that this week I processed quite a few uh, student files that had the sub-usage limit as well as the overlapping loan periods. So for um, financial aid advisors that are um, working with this, this concept, um, I know that um, it can be a little bit of a challenge um, explaining it to students and uh, students on your part, you need to be aware of the fact that um, once you have used a portion of your eligibility, you are not um, able to be fully eligible if you're transferring from one program to the other. So that's what we'll be going over in next week's live podcast. And going forward, I hope everyone has a great rest of your day and weekend and uh, have a good week. And we'll talk to you again next week. Take care.